Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're on Whidbey Island, Washington, with my good friend Victoria Green of ToursAdventures.com. She moved to Whidbey Island after her husband was stationed there with the Navy and quickly fell in love with the island's natural beauty. In this episode, Tor and I talk about exploring Fort Casey State Park, whale watching in Puget Sound, and hiking at Price Sculpture Forest. Hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Whidbey. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account. Hey, Tor, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so uh, it's awesome having you on the, the episode for the second time. And uh, today we're actually talking about where you've been living for a little while now, Whidbey Island, Washington. So what's your connection to the city there? I was actually brought here because of my husband and his uh, Navy career. There is a Naval Air Station here. And so his uh, squadron is stationed there. Oh, right on. So what do you love most about the city that you want to come on the show and talk about it? The fact that I can see whales from shore and I just drive somewhere and I'm able to see orca and gray whales. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's one of those things that I think so many people pay a lot of money, obviously, for to go on the ships and, and to go on the boats out there and, and be able to watch those. But you actually can just, it's just like a normal Tuesday afternoon going out and hanging out and watching the whales. Yep. Sometimes it will be a normal Tuesday afternoon. Sometimes it'll be a you know, Friday or Saturday, and then sometimes you won't see them for a week or two. But for the most part, they're pretty consistent. There's a couple of different pods. And so I feel like I've kind of gotten to know them. You get excited when you find out one is pregnant or one has a baby, something like that, because then they're adding to their families. Oh, that's so awesome. All right. So for the people that aren't necessarily familiar with Woodby Island, like obviously it's in Washington, but and it's on the coast. But where is it actually like in relation to the, to the state and what's like the, the closest city that maybe somebody wants to fly into? Seattle would probably be the largest city that um, you would fly into. That's about three hours, I would say two hours and 45 minutes um, exactly. You can take a ferry on the bottom end of the island from the mainland up to Whidbey or you can go all the way north on I-5 and then come over what's called Deception Pass. And then there's the Deception Pass Bridge, which a lot of people have heard of. Okay, okay. I know obviously Vancouver is also in, the, in that area. Is For people that maybe are listeners, listeners from Canada or that maybe they're flying to visit Canada, is, is it close from Vancouver to get to Whidbey Island? Absolutely. That's my second favorite thing about Whidbey is I actually get Canadian radio stations. So I get to listen to the CBC because we're so close to Canada. But in reality, we're equal distance from Vancouver as we are from Seattle. Okay. Now, when we think about Seattle, we think about rain and and, and things like that. Like, What's the weather like throughout the year? Definitely does not get very warm. I would say even in June, July, August, It'll get, you know, into maybe 85, maybe 90 a couple of days, but that's not the normal. It's 
a lot chillier in the spring. You have to wait for full summer to kind of feel like you want to really go in the water. And even then, the water doesn't warm up very much. It's not like Florida where it changes 20 degrees. Right. And so if somebody's planning their visit, should they plan around the weather or maybe plan around you know the whales and, and the way that they they migrate? That's exactly right. There's two different ways to do it. It depends on if you're trying to see whales, and then you also have to think about the type of whale. Because when we have, say, orca in one area, you're maybe not going to see a humpback except for certain months, or you're not going to see a gray whale for other months because of the migration patterns. Okay. So based on that, like, what months should they plan on visiting if they want to see different types of whales? Early in the January to, I would say, April or May are pretty good months um, because you're going to get a couple of different types of orca. You're going to have the resident and the transients, and then you're also going to have gray whales as well as um, humpbacks. So, Tori, you mentioned like transient and resident whales, and I guess obviously that means just what the, what the words mean, where some of them are, they kind of live in that area and others, they just kind of are passing through. So we do have that, but um, it's also some of them just have a bigger territory that they live in that they like to visit. And so we have some that are spotted down by us in Whidbey, and they can be the same individuals that are spotted up north in Vancouver Island near Vancouver. And then some of those same orca can also be spotted as far south as Baja, Mexico. Oh, wow. They really get around. They definitely do. <laughs> well, obviously, whales are our big attraction there. Are there any other like festivals or other events that, that maybe somebody wants to plan the trip around? I would um, honestly look at specifically coming in, say, like the month of August or September. And that's mainly because of the fact that the weather is so nice. So if you're wanting to take advantage of any of the hiking and different options that are available near the area, that would be the best time that you wouldn't have to necessarily worry about the weather. So if people want to come to, come there, um, like you mentioned, Seattle or Vancouver are probably like the best options. For those of us that live in the United States, obviously Seattle is a better option than having to worry about crossing a border and everything else. So once we fly into Seattle to get to Woodby Island, do we rent a car? Do we take a, like a shuttle? Do we hop on a, a boat? Like what's the best way to get to Woodby Island? So there's a couple of different ways. Um, if you fly into SeaTac Airport, you can rent a car from there and then drive north. That'll take you about two hours, 45 minutes, three hours-ish to get there. And then if you wanted to do a more adventurous route, you could go with a company called Kenmore Air, and they actually have seaplanes. And so you can fly the seaplane up to Whidbey or also up to the San Juan Islands. Oh, wow. That sounds fantastic. It's always awesome when you're on vacation trying to like take advantage of those unique experiences. Is it relatively affordable for to take a seaplane or is it something that's more like a aspirational type of expense? If you're taking it for transportation purposes, it's an aspirational, it's more expensive. I believe it was like $400 a person. But if you wanted to do just like a sightseeing one since you're in the area, I've done that with them, and it's about, um, I think it was $70 for a uh, 25, 30-minute flight around downtown Seattle. And so that was very cool because we got to see the mountains as well as the water. Oh, that's that's really awesome. So now that we've, like, I would assume most of us are probably just going to take rent a car and, and kind of see some sites along the way and use that when we get there. 
from what I saw, the Whidbey Island actually seems like it's it's a fairly large island. Uh, so you're going to need your car to kind of get around and explore like the island. Absolutely. And that's kind of why I think that it's best to rent a car, because then you're able to uh, take advantage of things like the ferry. And so you can drive your car onto the ferry and then it'll shuttle you from the mainland over to the bottom of the island. And then from there, you can just drive north and it takes you about an hour and a half to get from top to bottom. I would say maybe even an hour and 45 minutes, depending on traffic. Okay. And then so uh, from what I saw, it seems like there's a lot of state parks, which we'll talk about in a minute, but it seems like there's a lot of state parks throughout the island. And it seems like just kind of like little little dots of, of little cities kind of spread throughout. Yes, there are tons of them. And I recommend um, if you come to the state of Washington, just buy a year pass from them. It's $30. You can use it for any vehicle that you have. And you can use it for the duration of your time period that you're there. And it's obviously a great donation for them. But it's also a way that you can access every single Washington State Park. Oh, yeah, especially not even just on the island, but also when you get back to the mainland, you can obviously visit all those state parks as well. Absolutely. Right on. So, uh, like I said, I saw a bunch of different smaller cities kind of dotting the dotting the island there. When people are planning their trip, is there one that maybe one city or one area that you'd recommend booking a hotel or like an Airbnb or something like that? Um, there's a couple of them. So Langley is going to be one of the ones on the bottom part of the island. And it has a very, very, very cute, very developed uh, downtown area. They have the Langley Whale Center there. So you can learn about the different whales at the Whale Center. They actually track the movements of the whales. So you can go in there and find out who's been spotted recently or that day. And then if you're wanting to get either a cup of coffee, some ice cream, there's different options down there. And there's art galleries that you can look at while you're there as well. Okay. Yeah. Like the, the town center, I guess that's where they have all the, the, those galleries and the little eateries and everything. When I was looking for different hotels, I, I usually like to use miles and points when I stay. I think you do as well. I only really saw kind of like two name brands of like IHG and, and Best Western that were on the Northern part of the Island. But if somebody doesn't want to stay there, then maybe they're interested in more like a, like a boutique property or maybe a, uh, like an Airbnb, uh, as far as w- when they're looking to stay. So is that correct? Like for like the, the southern part of the island? Yes. Uh, Airbnbs are definitely a great option. I personally stayed in one off of Honeymoon Lake. It was a nice house that we had to ourselves. It was two bedroom. Um, I believe it, it had bunk beds, so it had to have slept at least six or eight. And it had its own dock on the lake. And we just sat there and my husband fished. And it was a nice two-week vacation. Yeah, that sounds uh, pretty ideal for a lot of people, I'm sure. Okay. And then, so maybe as we're driving around and checking all the, all these different cities, once we get to one of them, I'm I'm sure parking is fairly easy and they can just, they seem like they're small towns. So you can just walk around once you get there, just park, set it and forget it almost, you know, with your, with your car until you want to go to the next city. Is that correct? Yes. And that's especially true with Coopville, which is the next city up that I would recommend. It's in the middle of the Island, but they have a nice little boardwalk. Uh, they're, restaurants along there. And there's also a uh, wine shop that I used to have a monthly subscription to for them. So I would get, I get wine every month. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love being able to check out the local wine. So what's the name of that wine shop? It's Vale Wine Shop and Tasting Room, and they are right off of Front Street. Oh, perfect. Perfect. 
when we're there, obviously in Whidbey Island, we want to be able to to do to check out the whales. Some of them you can see right there from the shores, or maybe some of the state parks, so like that. But would you also recommend taking a, a tour, like on a boat? And if so, is there anyone you can recommend for that? I would definitely recommend taking a tour. Um, I can't specifically say one company or not, and that's just because so many have come and gone. But I will say that the um, Whale Center in Langley, if you just give them a call, they will be able to tell you who is the one to go to at the time. Sure. And I guess also, I guess it depends on where you're staying on the island. Maybe one that's going to be in the southern part where they take off from there versus one that takes off from like the northern part of the island. Yes, because there's also ones that take off from Seattle, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. They just drive on a boat from Seattle all the way up to where we are. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, for those of us that are uh, that don't have our sea legs. That could, that might be a little bit of a rough ride for several hours going back and forth like that. Yes, <laughs> you're getting more of an open air experience when you take the ones that are the shorter hop. If it's uh, something like coming from Seattle, it's going to be more of like a closed, larger boat type of scenario. That makes a lot of sense. Now, earlier we kind of mentioned like the state parks and getting the pass and everything else like that. What are some of the, the state parks that we should visit when we're there on Woodby Island? So a couple of my favorites are Fort Eby State Park, which is right in the middle. And then if you're going to go down south, Fort Casey State Park is really cool. Um, I've seen whales countless times from Fort Casey State Park. That's also where the ferry goes to Port Townsend. So if you're wanting to go to the mainland on the other side, so in the west region, you'd be to take the ferry there and take it over to Port Townsend. Okay. Uh, any other state parks that you might uh, recommend? The Deception Pass State Park is probably the most famous or the most popular. And that's all the way on the top of the island, the northern part. Okay. So what sets uh, Deception Pass like uh, apart from the others? It is actually a pass in the water. So the wa- it's got a big break and then there's a massive bridge there. And so going over the two bridges, you can actually walk out onto the bridges and then overlook. And so you can see all the marine life down below. So I would go out there and watch the sea lions and you can see the sea lions playing with each other. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. I'm sure my kids would love that. Yes. And then you go into the actual park itself. And you can um, essentially you drive down and it lets you drive all the way down to the beach. And then you can go and you're on the beach and you look up and you can see the big bridges and all the people crossing above you. (laughs) That's fun. When I was doing a little bit of research for our episode, I I saw there's a couple of things that I think my kids would like. Obviously, my my wife loves flowers and everything like that. There's a place called Mirkirk Gardens that I saw that is a great way to get out among the flowers, but also has like four miles of trail. So I can like tire my kids out like running around. (laughs) <laughs> and enjoying things. You need another place to tire your kids out. The Price Sculpture Garden in Coopville is awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about that one? That actually is a really cool, it's you're essentially taking a walk through the woods. And then when you look to your left or to your right, you'll start seeing sculptures of different types. And it's everything from sculptures that blend into the scenery and you have to actually look for them to see them. And then there's ones that stand out so much that you're like, how on earth did they get this in here? Oh, wow. That sounds really cool. Yeah. They had something similar to that here in Nashville at Chiquit Estates that had Chihuly uh, blown glass insulation for probably like six or seven months. And it was amazing how some of them, like it looked almost like plants, like they would have just grown naturally. And others that they were just these vibrant colors that obviously are not 
natural. They were very much man-made, but it was so beautiful seeing all that, uh, you know, and it's good for, you know, for parents having the kids where it's, here's like some fun nature stuff, but also trying to kind of teach them about art and get them interested in, in the arts as well. Julie actually has a museum in downtown Seattle. It's a garden and glass and it is absolutely gorgeous. I love going there and you can buy a combo ticket for that in the space needle together. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Definitely have to check that the next time getting back to Whidbey Island because obviously Seattle's wonderful as well. But uh, while we're there, obviously there's also some, some pretty great eateries from what I understand. Like what are some of your favorite places that we should eat while we're there? Uh, if you're looking in Coopville, I would say Toby's Tavern or Front Street Grill. And then if you're up a little bit further north in Oak Harbor, you can also look at the Pen Cove Tap Room. And then if you're down on the south end of the island in Langley, there is a seafood place that comes highly recommended, Saltwater Fish House and Oyster Bar. Oh, Fantastic. Tora, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for Whidbey. It sounds like a, like a great place, especially like if you're already kind of there in like in the Northwest, where where like you're maybe in Seattle and you're like, you know what, let's let's take like a, a day or two trip out there, and I think it'd be wonderful to go out there and see like the whales and, and see uh, all the state parks and everything else. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Whidbey Island, where should they go and what should they eat? I would say Front Street Grill, and it would be definitely the prawns. They are delicious. Oh, nice. Does it come with like some garlic butter or something like that that kind of just makes a pop in your mouth or, or what? Yes, they do. Uh, usually it's like a wine sauce, and so it's just a very light sauce, and then there's tomatoes with it as well. That sounds wonderful. Now, like you said, you've been on um, Woodby Island for a few years with the, with the Navy and your husband. Well, what's one of your most memorable stories of being there? I would say it's probably the amount of eagles that I'm able to see on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. Because I know that there's like that island also that is really well known for like for bird watching and and everything else from what I saw. Yes. I even had an owl hanging out in my backyard one day when we had a very large rainstorm in the middle of the day. He came and hung out in my tree. And then when it cleared up, he left. Oh, that's (laughs) like so much fun. Now, speaking of fun times and, and good times, where's the happiest happy hour on, on Woodby Island? I would say the Pen Cove Tap Room. You can get some good brews. I'm always good for some some beers. And uh, when I'm eating, when I'm drinking some beers, what I like to match it with is some pizza. So what's the best place for pepperoni pizza on Woodby Island? Well, I don't know about pepperoni, but the Village Pizzeria in Langley has some awesome pizza with this famous pesto sauce. Oh, nice. Yeah, my wife's all about trying those different types and everything she probably gets tired of me eating pepperoni all the time so it's always nice when we go someplace that has a specialty that's beyond pepperoni that's why they got me as their favorite because of the fact that they had something different oh fantastic now obviously uh, you and i know each other from like the travel world and everything else we were actually just talking about this amazing trip you're getting ready to go to europe so you know a lot of different travel tips uh what's one of your favorites that you can share with the audience i would say be flexible is the best one because I can't tell you how many times I've had to bend in a different direction to make something happen. That is true. The best laid plans are often <laughs> thrown away, you know, because uh, airlines cancel flights, you know, hotels book for the night or, or whatever, or, you know, you go someplace and like the museum you really wanted to go to is shut down that day, you know, and you got to be able to pivot and, and adjust as, as you need to. 
Well, cool. Well, Tor, I really appreciate you coming on and showing all these amazing tips. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Uh, so I do marketing for different businesses. And then I also have a blog called Travel Like a Billionaire because I want to teach everybody how to travel like a billionaire with points and miles. Well, if somebody has questions about your marketing or about your site, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? That would be Tours Adventures. So it's just my name, Victoria, but it's Tour Shorter, and it's all my adventures. So Tours Adventures. Fantastic. We'll include links to all that in the show notes, and that way if people need to reach you, they they have it right there. So thanks for coming on the show, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you so much for having me. What an awesome conversation with Tor. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash would be. Make sure to catch my previous interview with Tor about Key West, Florida for more of her excellent tips. We want to say thank you to AwardWall for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit Salem, Massachusetts to speak with my new friend, Kate Walinga, the host of the Ignorance Was Bliss podcast. In this episode, Kate and I talk about where the Salem Witch Trials really happened, attending the Ice Sculpture Festival, and exploring the Peabody Essex Museum. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app that we don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. <laughs>